Hello and welcome to another episode of the Non-League Podcast. Thank you again for your continued support. It's really much appreciated. But nevertheless, let's get straight on. And we're going to start like we always do with Tuesday's games and the roundup there. And I'll come to Dan first for his thoughts on Kingsden's visit to Altrium. Yeah, I'd really prefer not to speak here. Um, listen, it's just one of those games that you're absolutely shit out and you lose, really. Um, stream was terrible. Um, don't I can't really actually comment on the game because I didn't see half of it because uh, I just couldn't believe my eyes without stream. It was absolutely horrible. Um, but yeah, three good goals by them from what I can remember. And Lynn just really couldn't produce much. And at the end of the day, you got you lose those games. So anyway, I'm going to shut up about Lynn now. Um, back to you, Josh. Cheers, mate. Uh, Cal, next up with your thoughts on Hartlepool's uh, visit to Dagenham on Tuesday. Um, yeah, it was a decent game. Dagenham surprised me how like good they were. To be fair, they were a solid, organised team. And they did have a, a couple of decent chances to take the lead. Um, but then I think it was the 42nd minute, a corner came in and Luke Armstrong scored a scored a header again in the six-yard box. But he just with his head this time, instead of his feet. So we're getting a bit of, a bit of difference. But Dagenham were a good team. Shout out to their keeper because their keeper was absolutely unbelievable. I forgot what his name is, but his keeper... It was man of the match for a reason. Made about five or six brilliant saves. Like Luke Armstrong could have had a hat-trick, but he just kept on saving everything and everything. It was mental how good he was. But we got the goal, kept a clean sheet, away from home on the Tuesday night. Our waveform is starting to pick up a lot now. So, yeah, something good to be fair. Finally, Will. Obviously, Woking have had a mixed week, we'll say. We'll get on to the other result later on, but... What was your assessment of the trip to Wilton on Tuesday? I think it wasn't really the best game for it for a neutral, if there were any. Uh, two sides who are down the bottom half of the table for any the reasons why were shown in the game, because there was no real flow to it. It was very hard for teams to start attacks. And it, it was only the last few, 15 minutes, really, where Wiking pressed on it was a deserved winner in the end because we were banging on the door. And it, it, it sort of summed up the game. Wilson keepers in nine months land. He gets lobbed. The, the ball deflects off one of their defenders and Mr. Diara, all people, taps it in. So, yeah, I, th- I think both sides are sort of thinking about next season now. Obviously, at the time, Boykin were thinking about the trophy game. But in terms of the league, we are where we are for a reason. And that's probably why, because... Although it was great to get a win, it was against a very poor side. Uh, I'm going to have my quick thoughts because obviously I've got my adopted team, if you may, in, in Yeovil. <laughs> and they played Notts County on Tuesday. Uh, it was a tool draw. It was a pretty good game, I think, for, for the neutral to watch. Um, I think Notts County started the best and then Yeovil took the lead through Jimmy Smith. And then it got a penalty, which I think was fairly given. And Ruben Reed tucked it away. And they were looking comfortable at that point. But then not just in the second half, started to put the pressure on. Uh, they got a goal back through Baldwin. Baldwin, sorry. And then four minutes in time, Ruben Rodriguez equalised. And in the end, I think a point was a fair result. And as we'll get on to later, it did prove to be the final game for Neil Ardley. But we'll, like I said, we'll get on to that later. But does anyone else have a game they want to discuss on Tuesday? Um. Well, yeah, <laughs> there were there were a few games on Tuesday, and I think the main one has to be Aldershot versus Chesterfield in terms of the playoff race. Aldershot's playoff types pretty much bulldozed now, as we'll find out later. But Chesterfield pushing on for that seventh space, and it was a big win for them. And then obviously the other big one, which ended up costing another Neil Neil Smith this time his job. Bromley won Sutton three. Who can stop the Sutton Express? We, we say it every week, but who is going to stop them? I can't see anyone who's going to stop them. 
any other games you want to talk about? Uh, I, I know Easter's just joined us, so I'll ask him his thoughts on his side of the Broadstone working game quickly. Right. Um, well, firstly, I think it was an, it was another uh, uh, stinky game for the Wildstone fans. We we were we were dross to put it lightly, and uh, working were equally as bad. I'll be honest; they were also a shambles. But um, every neither team deserved to win. It's then terrorism. Uh, we were shit up front. We were all right defensively. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, Woking won. Uh, Wildstone nil. I don't. I don't. Uh, I, to be honest, either side could have won it. I don't really care because we're not going down. I'm just here to watch the football, even if it is boring. But yeah, that's my take on the game. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, I'll quickly mention another game from Tuesday: Stockport against Eastleigh. Obviously, a big game for the playoff race. Stockport eventually running out comfortable three 0 winners and really strengthening their stance in that top three area of the table. Golson, Cardwell, Collar and Reed pretty much wrapped it up for Stockport and put a bit of a dent in Eastleigh's playoff hopes. But I think that's it. If that's it, then we'll move on to Saturday's results, which is a mixed bunch for someone here, I know. We'll start off with the National League ones and I'll come to Dan first for Kingsley against Eastleigh. Bloody hell, we won a game of football. I, I'm I'm actually in shock. Um, we we literally we dominated all game, and I don't think I've seen us deserve a win all season. Uh, went one nil down within about forty five seconds through a pretty unlucky free kick deflected and put uh, Richardson on the wrong foot. Um, after that, we were just seemed to be on top all game. Um, Obviously, not much to talk on in the first half after that. A couple of close chances for both. Um, second half, five minutes in, Giassi made it 1 all. And I think it was the 65th minute. Um, Simeon Jackson opened his account and put the winner in for Lynn with a penalty. So, yeah, can't say much fairer than that. Fairer. Fairer than that. And hopefully, with this week break we're getting now, we can win a match. We can win again next time we play. On the other hand, it was a poor result for Eastleigh. Obviously, they've lost two in a row now, and against no disrespect to Kingston, but to a side who are down the bottom, and when Eastleigh are challenging for playoffs, it's the sort of games that Eastleigh would have been liking to pick up points in, and they've really started to fall behind the sort of pack that it's in behind towards the end uh, end place of the playoffs. Uh, but next game I'll move on to is uh, a podcast derby, but obviously the Stockport correspondent isn't here. So we'll just ask the Kel for his response and his thoughts on Stockport against Hartlepool. I think both teams were brilliant. I think it was a very, very good game to watch. I think it's a neutral, it will be a good game as well. Because of just the quality of players that was on that pitch was mental. They are brilliant players, we are brilliant players. And there was only one shot in the first half, but it's just the way that one team gained possession, they were passing the ball around with ease and then they passed the ball around with ease. It was, it was a really good game to watch. It, it, when we got the second half, we made the breakthrough. It was a lovely cross by Lewis Cass, headed in by Gavin Hollihan, which was a really good header. And it looked like we were going to see it out until the the um, 300, 300 grand striker, um, Paddy Mallon, Banged in the volley, which was unbelievable finish. It was a great goal by them. Fair, good, good build-up play. But I think a fair, uh, a draw was a fair result, and it was a good point away from home. So yeah. Before I move on to the FA Trophy, I think massive props and respect have to go to Solihull for their wonderful win over Aldershot. Not only that, not only were they winless in ten before going into this game, they managed to beat Aldershot, who obviously. Or well, supposedly going dark quarters for the playoffs, and they managed to beat him with nine men too. With who Hancock's got sent off in the 76th and Ball in the 87th. Archer's goal in the 31st was enough for Moore to hold on for the win. So massive win for them, and it might just be what Mark Yates needed to kick start and some momentum for Solihull. As for other results in the league yesterday, Torquay 
another poor result for them as they went away to Dagenham, lost 1-0 to a late goal from Balanta. So the, again, they're losing losing ground on Hartlepool and Sutton and Stockport behind them piling on the pressure. So it just shows that that lead they had, that third, I believe it was a 13-point lead at the start of the year, slipping away again. And as for the big, probably one of the games of the day, alongside Stockport and Hartlepool, Halifax against Sutton, Obviously, I, I think a few of us on the podcast last week mentioned this as a potential banana skin for Sutton. And it was looking that way as they went 2-0 down inside 61 minutes. But fantastic fight they showed to get it back to 2 all Goals from Alafe in the 75th and Simpson with a late equaliser five minutes in time. Secured what's actually turned out to be a good point for Sutton because they've actually not lost too many ground thanks to Torquay's loss. And they obviously still have those games in hand as well, which is keeping them up with the momentum. Yeovil picked up also another pretty comfortable victory over Barnett in the end. Barnett, who continue their poor their poor run and their poor form. There doesn't seem to be any more news, latest update on their managerial situation. Obviously, Paul Fairclough has now left. But I think uh, I'll just quickly as well one more. The TV game, Maidenhead against Altrincham. I don't think it was a best game, to be honest, but I think Altrincham pretty much deserved the win. They created most of the chances. They hit the bar in the first half, but it was a bit of a bizarre goal, which gave them the win. It sort of went direct in from the corner, and Maynard just didn't clear it at all. And that was the goal that secured it for Altrincham. But now I'm going to move on to the FA Trophy score. FA Trophy, and wow, what a weekend. Um, Sorry, Will, I'm going to start with you. Talk us through the Hereford game. Well, Hereford won working nil. It's all the ball here, and I'm I'm appalled. I, I am disgraced, to be honest. I I think um, it wasn't what anyone was expecting, and fair play to Hereford because they never got settled. We never got settled, and it, you know with Hereford they haven't con- they've conceded one goal in this whole trophy run. And it was in the 92nd minute to all the shot. And it was the scrappiest goal ever. So you know that when you go 1-0 down, you're sort of fearing the worst. But then to actually score a goal, you have to create chances. And we didn't create enough chances. We, we had a few half chances. But, uh, I mean, mentions from our side have to go to Musa Diora, who was superb. He did, he did was a cause of the first goal. But without him, it's going to be four or five. And Craig Ross every week. We seem to have to be bailed out by him, but not enough of them were up for it. And to be honest, fair play to Hereford, they deserved Wembley. Our players didn't. It's a big shame, but you know, it would it would have been an injustice if Hereford hadn't gone through yesterday. Well, and if you before that was mental, then <laughs> no one expected what was to come in the Notts County against Hornchurch game and. I'll go over to Dan for this, who's been our Hornchurch correspondent, if I guess, ever since they knocked out Kingsley on penalties. So go ahead, Dan. Yeah, well, um, obviously didn't watch the game yesterday because I was watching Lynn. Uh, if Lynn weren't playing, I would have certainly bought it. Um, Hornchurch, just a team that keep on giving, really. Um, went into yesterday expecting them to be beaten 5-6-0 by not to be completely honest with you, but they never know when to give up. They were, I think they went 2-0 down, did they? Or was it 1-0? And then brought it back and then 3-2 down and then brought it back in what I believe to be the 91st minute through Liam Nash. And then they just won it on penalties. What is it with Hornchurch and knocking out sides higher than them? And do you know what? People say I'm saying this because they knocked them out of the trophy. I genuinely hope the side go all the way and win it. I really do, because they're a good side. Steps, step three is to me in league, possibly their level, but they genuinely deserve the trophy this year and they deserve the day out at Wembley, as do Hereford as well, say. Yeah, it's a remarkable story for them. It's amazing for everyone involved with the club, the fans and all the staff behind the scenes especially taking into consideration that they've not been playing as regularly as everyone else in the the National League, because I believe, I'm not too sure, but they've not played a league game in a few months. I think even before the first, before um, the lockdown, before Christmas, I think was the last time they stopped where they were playing regular league football. And just for them to go away to Notts County, 
and pull off a result like that. It's just remarkable. Uh, Will, you got something to say? I, I think we've got to just look at the Notts County squad and just say that Hornchurch were playing a Notts County team that had comfortably knocked out lower league opposition throughout. A Notts County team who have the best defensive record in the National League and they're sticking free past them. And you just have to say that's what that's what the FA Trophy does. It gives these teams that you'd never think would even compete with a team like Notts County the chance to compete with them. And not only the chance to compete with them, but the chance to take them to pens. And I, I think that helped Hornchurch in a way because I, if it went to extra time yesterday, I couldn't have seen Hornchurch winning it. But, you know, they, they've done exceptionally well to get where they are. And who knows? Hereford in the final, they're not going to fear anyone, are they? They've knocked out Moss. They've knocked out Kingsley and Presley, a conference north side. But they've knocked out Notts County. They've knocked out Darlington. They've knocked out Maidstone. They're not going to fear anyone. Dan? First off, William, fuck you. Secondly, um, yeah, no, um, I am, it teaches a lesson to all these Knots fans who underestimate the team. Because you never underestimate anyone, especially in cup football, because in cup football, anyone literally can beat anyone. And yeah, this isn't this is aimed at a few people I know, because you just don't ever underestimate anyone, whether that be Notts versus Hornchurch. I I underestimated Hornchurch. I'll be honest with you. Um, hell, I regret it now because we could have had that run to a final. Well, we would never have gone past Notts County, but still. Yeah, like I said before, amazing amazing story from Hornchurch. Uh, it was actually an ex-Hampton player that scored the, the, the decisive penalty in Chris Dixon as well. So, yeah, brilliant. And I just want to add in as well, just because we actually beat Hornchurch in the FA Cup on penalties. But yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Let's move on uh, to the big sucking news of the week. Of the week. Um, there was actually two uh, managerial departures. Um, we'll begin with Neil Ardley. And it's the bigger one, with no disrespect to Bromley, but it was the big headline sucking of the week. Obviously, coming after their two draw at Yeovil on Tuesday and Will I'll start with you your thoughts on it well I think it's safe to say the Notts County fan base was completely split on this one there's been a few who've been saying it was the wrong decision given till the end of the season and there's a few who've saying that he's had he's had so much time you've given him a massive budget you've given him players who are literally too good for this level and he's playing them in out of position and he's not getting the results and yes, they're in the playoffs and everything, but this is Notts County. They should be winning this league. And you know it's the National League and everything, but you've got to try something different when it doesn't work. And I think, to be honest, it is the right decision because, let's not forget, he got them relegated. And now he's, he's, they're, st- they're still in the National League because they failed to get promoted last season, which, considering the run they were on, was extremely disappointing. And considering the players they've had, and if they don't get out this season, they're in serious trouble. So I, I personally don't see how, why this wasn't decision wasn't made sooner because the new manager has loads of pressure on him. He's already he had one day one training session to prepare for his trophy semi final, and he's got about fifteen games to save their season. Yeah, like you said, it's. Not a massive surprise because a few of us on here have been calling for it and saying it could happen for weeks now. But they are—they've not hesitated to appoint a new manager, and Ian Birchnell. He's had experience in Scandinavia, my, uh, managing the likes of Viking Stavanger and Ostersund, which is obviously a link with the Danish owners at Notts County as well. So it looks a promising appointment. He's a young, up-and-coming coach. Um, yeah, Dan, anything to uh, add on the managerial situation at Notts? Yeah, obviously, it's if you got to sack a manager, you got to sack him. He hasn't been performing up to standard this season. Yeah, but what I would say is I, I would have waited until possibly after the season, maybe, because they're in playoff places and you never know. This could, I, I highly doubt it will, but this could disrupt the flow of the team. 
So I would wait till after the season, see what happens. If they don't go up, been off Neil Ardley. If they do go up, then you, you've got to keep him. But six and one half dozen the other really back to Will. I, I understand what you're saying about momentum and everything, but you've got to be winning games to actually have momentum. And Notts County, let's face it, they're how many points behind Sutton now? They're 15 points behind Sutton. All right, they have three games in hand, but this has got to the point where they've sort of left themselves a mountain to climb if they're to win the league, which looks extremely unlikely now. Whereas if they'd have gone a couple of months ago to near Lardley, look, you're not picking up the results. We've lost to Dover, we've lost to Maidenhead, we've lost to Aldershot. We, we should not be losing to these teams when we have such a better squad than them. And that's not being entitled or anything, that's just stating what most Knotts fans think. Like this, Their aim is to get up to League 2. And by not finishing in the top three, which also looks unlikely, is going to seriously hinder your chances of getting to Wembley and getting into League 2. So, I, I think it was the right decision, but I can see why Notts fans differ when it comes to that decision. Anything to add, Kel? No, not really. It's just, it just hasn't been good enough. But there's that. Like, with the squad that they want, they should be winning this league. And he's failed to do so on probably two separate occasions now, last season and this season. With the budgets that he's had, with the players that he's been given, he just hasn't performed and you don't want to see a man get sacked. Obviously, it's horrible, but it's, it was coming. If he kept on making last lust, lackluster results, then it was going to happen. And I don't know much about the U lad, but he hasn't really had the best start. So let's see how he does. Now, if Neil Ardley's sucking wasn't a shock, then I think this one definitely was, as Bromley announced the departure of Neil Smith, which, to me, is ridiculously harsh. I mean, it, they're on the cusp of the playoffs. I mean, I don't know about everyone else here, but I, I just think I think that he's, Neil Smith's been treated a bit poorly here. Because yeah, I know, yes, they lost to Sutton, but look, Sutton are a good team. They're top of the league. They're pretty clear of everyone else. They're probably going to win the league. Bromley aren't that far off the playoffs. Neil Smith is a good man. He's a good man manager. He's been with them a lot. He's experienced at this level. He knows what he's doing. But I'm going to go to well, what Do you think this is a bit harsh? Because I can't see why they've done this. To be honest, I think it's ridiculous. I really do. This is the highest position they've been in the history of Bromley Football Club. And they've sacked their manager for it when, let's be honest, Bromley aren't the biggest club. Yes, they might have a bit of money about them, but you you have no right to finish in the top seven. And yes, they've been on a poor run of form before, but he'd been stringing a few results together. They got an impressive win away at Yeovil. They've been getting some results. And when you come up against Sutton, it's always going to be tough. And I think the fact he's in seventh place and they've sacked him just shows the next appointment there's going to be a hell of a lot of pressure to achieve playoffs now because if they don't achieve playoffs, they're going to be thinking, well, we just completely cut our season back. And losing 3-0 to Wrexham yesterday sort of shows that. Like they, they've, they've sort of, what's the word? They've put their manager under so much scrutiny. Now, the new manager because he's going to have to perform as soon as he gets in the door, because if they don't get playoffs, it's going to be a failure now. And Neil, Neil Smith is a very good manager. If you've watched the documentary on BT Sport, he's he's a very good uh, motivator. And he, I've always thought when Woking need a new manager, he, he'd be the one for me. But even yesterday, after the reaction some Woking fans gave of saying Neil Smith should be our next manager, I mean, he's going to have no problem finding a new club at all. Uh, Dan, uh, what do you have to say? Yeah, I've just looked up their recent form. Um, in their last 14 league matches, they're unbeaten in 10 of them. So, what What in the... Why is, I cannot talk today. Um, 
what is the point in binning off Neil Smith when you're 10, 10 out of 14 games is unbeaten? Um, you've got to just look at the real facts here. You're top seller in the league. It's totally the most, un, uh, sorry, top 10 in the league. Um, a very, very stupid decision to make. And they, like Will said, they have to get playoffs now for the sake of their season. If not, this new manager, whoever it is, will be branded as quite literally a failure. As for potential replacements, well, there's not been much talk. Obviously, the only thing we have seen is the managers at Cray Wanderers, who obviously ground share with Romney, also departed around the same time that Neil Smith's departure was confirmed. So that was a potential link that was announced there. But apart from that, there's been no real, <clears throat> excuse me, talk of the potential replacements. At well, just to, I think Neil Ardley is going to end up with a job, whether it's from Neil Barnett or somewhere. I can see him taking a sort of step backwards because after Notts County sacked him, it's going to be hard for him to find the Football League job. But is he really a better manager than Neil Smith for Bromley Football Club? Because he didn't get Notts promoted and their biggest budget in this league, biggest fan base in this league. Granted, it doesn't give you a right to get promoted, but still, if Bromley are looking to get in the Football League, is Neil Ardley the man for them? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I almost I don't I don't know about it either. I'm, I'm not sure if I could see it or not. But yes, I could see Ollie taking a step back. But I don't know if Bromley would be the right fit for him or not. Uh, Kel, do you have anything to add before we move on quickly? Nah, it's just like just more of what you were saying. Like he shouldn't have been sacked, and yeah, if Bromley don't get playoffs, it is a failure. Okay, now there was big news this week in regards to Dover and the and the fine situation. So it's been confirmed that all results from Dover this season have been expunged, and their record will be zero for everything, and they will play no further part in the season. In addition, they've also been fined forty thousand pounds, but their chairman has said that they will not pay it, pay that fine. So whatever comes of that, we'll see. Obviously, we'll. we'll try and analyse it to the best we can on the podcast week by week with the updates that we get. And in addition, clubs at National North and South level have been also fined for refusing to take part in fixtures with many clubs calling out the National League for the, the incompetence they feel they're showing with it. And Dulwich and I have been pretty vocal with it. Does anyone have their thoughts and opinions on the Dover and the financial situation? Yeah, I'll open up if that's okay. Um, obviously, as you lot know, um, I find it very stupid. I find it extremely stupid, I should say, um, to the point of if the National League just want the club to go bust, then just go to bloody company's house and liquidate it for them because it's ridiculous. How are all teams in the league, how are Dover going to afford £40,000 when they can't even afford to play? play past 15 games um, 12 point deduction however I think that is fair for next season I do think that's fair because if you're not going to play your games then you need a points deduction at least next season but 40, 40 grand fine no, make it less, I'd, I'd say a benchmark of 20 grand would probably be enough, big enough to let the other clubs know not to mess about this season and yeah, that's just all I've got to say on the subject. Uh, I agree with you there, I think. But I believe uh, I was reading I think, an article on the National League website. This 40 grand fine was actually been cut enough already from, I, kind of, I don't know how much it was, but I think I read it was cut already. But like you said, it's just ridiculous to expect them to pay that much. And obviously, like I said, their chairman said they won't be paying it. So we'll see what will come of that. Uh, will, what do you have to add? Adding on what Dan said, I think it, I think the twelve point deduction is completely fine. I think the the level playing field thing, they shouldn't be starting on a level playing field just because other clubs have had to spend money they didn't even know they had to finish this season. Dover have 
and fair play to them, stood by their stance. They've gone, but we're not finishing this season and you can't make us. And I think a punishment should be dealt with that. And minus 12, it does sort of impede them. But a financial punishment is ridiculous, let's be honest. They are struggling financially and their owners already said they're not going to pay it. And that's just going to cause even more confusion. And you never know, the, the financial punishment might have been a way of the National League trying to get rid of Dover. As sinister as it sounds, do they really want a club on minus 12 points starting the season who have just said they're not playing football? Does it look good for the brand Like when they go on BT Sport and say, where did Dover finish last season? Oh yeah, they pulled out. Is it really to do with finances or is it really to do with do they have an agenda against Dover now that their chairman's left the board and scrutinised the board? And he has scrutinised the board. He has ripped them to shreds. So, Dan, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I actually do agree with you there, Will. Um, it does seem like that the board are trying to screw Dover over. Dover over? That sounds pretty good. Um, but, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um it, like like I said a minute ago, if the board want to liquidate them, then just go down and do it themselves. Yeah, uh, Jim, I'm not even going to attempt to say his last name. I think it's Parmentier or something. I don't know. Um, tried to, has uh, pulled off the board and obviously said some stuff about the board. Um, but a 40 grand fine, bloody hell. That Dover is just going to go bust. Because if they don't pay it, then that's obviously going to get bumped up more. If they refuse to pay it after that, they'll probably be booted back down to the Isthmian League or whatever they play in. And then that that's just consigning them to go and bust. It's an absolute joke. If the club do go bust because of this, the league have got blood on their hand, hands. And it's just going to make the league look worse. And what Will said about if they go on BT Sport and say, oh, Dover pulled out. It's going to look ten times worse. Will? To be honest, I've seen a few Dover fans on social media say they'd rather be booted down to East Mindy than be treated like this. No one wants to go and watch their team, knowing that their team's going to be relegation fodder on minus 12 points. Bearing in mind, they have no money. They're not going to be... Their squad's not going to be able to get... what They'll need, like, 60 points to survive now. If they have my money, there's no way their squad's going to be able to achieve that unless they work miracles. So it's going to be a struggle from the off and it's not going to be good to watch. So attendances are going to crumble and you might not have a football club. Whereas if you accept the punishment and then decide to resign from the league, you can start in the Isthmian League, you can get some money from the fans, you can build your way up. And I, I can see their point to be honest because I wouldn't want to watch working when we're minus 12 points in the league. And you know you're going to be relegated. And you know that every player you've got isn't good enough for the level. So would you want to bring, would you want to watch your team, Kings Lynn, play in the National League, knowing that they're pretty much relegated before the season already starts? Or is it just well, a complete yeah. waste of time, money and everything else? Exactly. Well, I get your point there. Come to the point where you get more away fans than you do home. I don't know, what is their average attendance will do you know? Obviously, before COVID. I think, I think it's about 1,200. So, 1,200. But let's, they, charge they, they were trying to play off last time, so... Yeah. It, it would be really low. I mean, they used to have 600 on Tuesday nights, and they only used to be furious about that, saying that the town weren't coming out and supporting their club. But to be honest... Yeah. I can see it being a lot lower than that. If if Dover are playing Bournemouth on a Tuesday night and they're on minus eight points at the start of the season, any time you're in the minuses, it's going to be hard to attract fans. And obviously, I think Dover had something like 12 points when they, not resigned, but uh, pulled out. So, yeah, it's ridiculous that at the end of the day, the board have proven themselves to be incompetent more times than God knows what. Uh, if we lose Dover, then 22 teams next year, two less than usual. And it's just something we have to live with. So I, I have yeah. to say, though, 
fair play to Andy Hessenthaler because he's a good manager at this level and he could have easily, you know, cried and left the job and gone to Barnet and stuff, but he, he stuck by them and I hope their fans remember that because he has no obligation to stand by them during this, but he's chosen to and fair play to him. I just yeah, hope exactly. Half that squad could have done one. I just hope him and Dover come out of it on the on the, the better side because it's never nice when teams are going through this, especially when the league are trying to instigate it. And uh, to be honest, it's going to get ugly if Dover don't pay the fine. I I would dread to be the one writing those statements if they do, because I, I would not want to imagine what the board would be ordering to be put in there. It would look like some kind of North Korean propaganda um, thing. Well, speaking of the board, they're not exactly everyone's favourite at the moment. Josh, uh, shall we move on to the next topic? I think that's a good idea, Will. But I, it was a good discussion you two had there. Well done. Cheers for that. It was actually quite enjoyable. And let's move on to Tuesday's games. In fact, there's only two on Tuesday, but we'll go through them quickly. Notts County host all the shot, obviously Ian Birchall with his first league game. He wanted to get off to a good start and put that Hornchurch defeat behind him quickly and hopefully get a win that will close in on Torquay in that um, semi-final playoff spot. Uh, whereas all the shot, they obviously have that very, very poor uh, defeat at Solihull. They're, they're obviously, they've been said that they're potential dark horses for the playoffs, but I mean, they're 10 points off it now. And if you lose in the way you did at Solihull, then I'm not sure if you... I mean, don't know if you deserve to get playoffs if you play like that. And the other game that's taking place is Solihull against Wildstone. Obviously, this is a bit of a dead rubber. Neither team's got anything to play for. Because, I mean, obviously, Solihull had that good result against Aldershot. They'll hopefully have the confidence from that to push on. Wildstone, obviously, are just... Maybe slightly faltering now for this season. I think their focus, like Will said earlier, is on ne- next season. So we'll move on because it's, obviously it's Easter week and we'll move on to Friday's games. That's going to be some good Friday. And we'll start off with Woking and their trip to Torquay. Obviously, a fixture that's got good memories for you. Yep, good recent memories uh, in our FA Trivia run, run, which was ended yesterday. And yeah, a, we were lucky to beat Torquay that day. I said it then, and they were pretty patched up squads. But after their defeat to Dagnum, in which I think they sort of threw it away, in fairness to Torquay, they're a much worse side than they were at the start of the season. So we shouldn't be going there and fearing much. They need the points way more than we do. So we can go there and just, you know, counter-attack, maybe play some actual football would be nice. I I think it's going to be a tough game because our away form is pretty poor, especially against the top teams. We seem to play decently on the counter-attack and create chances, but we can't finish them. That's been the case against Yeovil and Hartlepool recently. So I, I can see us losing this one. But I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say we're going to get a one-all draw out of it just because Torquay are on a poor run of form. They they had back-to-back wins and then they blew it against Dagenham yesterday. They're inconsistent. They're far from the team they were when they were romping to the top of the table. Oh, yeah. I think Woking can go there with no fear because obviously they've got nothing to play for, really. They can just play without any freedom, without any pressure on them. All the pressure's on Torquay, of course, because... The defeat at Dagenham. But I'll move on to Kel next. And as Hartlepool host Dagenham, what's your thoughts on the game? I think if Dagenham play like they did on Tuesday, it'll be a tough game because of the fact that they played really well. And if they, came, if they come to our place with the same mentality and the effort that they put in, it'll be a pretty hard game to be fair. We've came back off a good point away at Stockport, so we'll be full of confidence. And I know Sutton didn't lose, but they did drop points, so it does show that they can drop points in games. So we just need to go to teams like Dagenham. Sorry, no offence to Dagenham, but the teams that don't have really have much to play for, to be honest. But 
I think we'll win 2 0. I think Luke Armstrong and Holland will score. But yeah, it's a, it'll still be a hard game. Two games I've picked out here that I think are one of the, the standout games. You've got Notts County against Wrexham, which is the early kickoff, which is on BT Sport. Obviously, both teams in that playoff place only separated by one place and one point as things stand. Obviously, depending on how Notts get on on Tuesday, that could all change. But yeah, this is a massive, massive game for the playoff race and to, and for both sides. You can potentially close in on the two sides above in the semi-final uh, berth. Also, another game that I've picked out here, Eastleigh against Chesterfield. Both sides obviously gunning for the playoffs. Chesterfield currently occupy that seventh place. Eastleigh obviously are starting to stutter a little bit, obviously losing their last two games. Obviously had that disappointing loss at Kingsland on Saturday. They want to bounce back and hopefully put the pressure on the likes of Chesterfield in that um, in that last playoff spot, if they can hopefully close in on it. Um, Will, do you have any other games you want to pick out? I think the big one this week is what I've just called the Thames Link Classico, and Boreham with playing Sutton. Sutton make the short trip up to um, Hertfordshire, and it's a tough place to go, no matter how bad Boreham would have been this season. They've still got ambitions of finishing in the playoffs. They're only six points off and they've got a capable squad. They're always hard to break down. And it's a ground historically where Sutton have been very good at. I remember I think they've won five nil a couple of seasons there a, a couple of years ago. So Sutton will be hoping for a win here. They did beat them two nil in the reverse fixture. But Boreham would need a win if they're to get anywhere near the playoff places. And they need their strikers to be scoring more goals as well. They've got arguably the best attack in the league with Shamanga, Marsh, Corey Whiteley, Shaq Coulthurst, players who wouldn't look out of place in an EFL side. And for them to be one of the lowest scorers in the league, it isn't very good at all for Bournemouth. So I, I reckon Sutton will get a draw out of it, a one-all draw or something. But it's just about them keeping up their momentum. Obviously, a big game for you to be watching on and Kel, considering, or considering Sutton are Hartlepool's title rivals at the moment. Yeah, it's a game which we need. Um, Boren on would do us a favour to be fair. So fingers crossed. Even if they get, even if like they make something like they get a draw with them, at least it's more drop points to give us. A little bit of hope if you're Ancaster. Okay, and going back to that Bournemouth Sutton game, I think it's a very, very, very could be a full potential for an entertaining game. Obviously, Bournemouth's form, home form isn't the best, and Sutton's away form is immaculate. So Sutton can't afford to take it easy because obviously, like you said, Bournemouth can pull a performance out of nowhere. But is if there's nothing else for that game week, I'll move on to. Easter Monday's games, because obviously it's a busy period this weekend with the National League. And with Hartlepool, I'll go to Kel first quickly and his thoughts on their trip to Bournemouth. We, as you were saying before, Bournemouth onwards, a, it's a hard place to go. And the reducing squad, they, they have stuff, they have things to fight for as well with playoff ambitions. So I think it'll be a hard game. I think we've slowly improved on up our way form now but still it's going to be a tricky game and I'm going to say a draw Fair enough mate um, I'll go to Dan now for his thoughts on Kingsden against Altrigham obviously the two sides just played each other and now this is the reverse game so what's your thoughts on the game mate? Yeah um, we, we've got to turn around what we did last Tuesday really um, honestly Going off the back of a 2-1 win against uh, what I thought would be a better Eastley side than what they were. They were very poor. Going off the back of that and obviously having a nine-day break, I do genuinely believe that we can possibly get a point out of it. Yeah, I know they've just beaten us 3-0. Yes, I know I'll probably sound like an idiot come next Monday, but... You know what? I, I'm enjoying the way we're playing football at the moment. So, um, obviously, we've got nothing to lose. Whereas, Altrincham, if they do want to make a playoff charge, which I can't see personally happening, but some can, 
if they do want to make that playoff charge, we've got they've got everything to gain. So um, yeah, let, let's see what we can do. Obviously, I'm not expecting much because depleted squad and everything. But I'll, I'll take a point at least. I'll take a point out of that. Um, Will Woking face not to count me. Do you reckon you can get anything from this game, given the current new managerial situation around Notts? I think it's going to be an interesting one because, as we've said multiple times, we now have nothing to play for in league or cup. So, apart from contracts, because we're going full time next season, so every every player should be pulling their sleeve up, rolling their sleeves up to try and um, prove a point after the showing against Hereford. And what better way to do it against a team like Notts County, who are going to be massively under pressure. We've got to make them feel that pressure, which hasn't been the case at most times this season. But Notts County have got to come to Woking and win realistically. If they don't win, it's a it's more drop points, and the further they drop away from potentially even drop out of the playoffs. I know they've got games in hand, but you never want to drop out of the playoffs because it it just gives that feeling that yeah, you're not doing too well. So. I can see us probably losing this one, if I'm honest, because Notts County have a new manager who will have had a few training sessions by then. He'll have an idea of what he wants to do and he might have got a few results by then. I'd like to hope we can get something, but I'm I'm not too hopeful after what I've seen recently from us. So I reckon 2-1 Notts County. One of the other games I've picked out that looks pretty exciting to me is the live game on BT. It's Stockport against Bromley. Obviously, by then, Bromley may have a new manager manager announced, so we'll have to see how that fares. But big game for the playoff race between the two sides. Obviously, Stockport in pretty good form at the moment, looking comfortable to chase down that third spot and knock Torquay out of it. Uh, Bromley, in contrast, obviously, like we mentioned, part of company with Neil Smith earlier in the week. They will hopefully want to continue that charge and the pursuit of the latter places in the playoffs, like the sixth and seventh places. Very entertaining game for the neutral, and I'm actually excited to watch that game on Monday and seeing how it fares. Torquay, they travel to Wrexham. Again, not going to be an easy game by any means, especially with the form Wrexham are in. I mean, if anything, Wrexham could, be, could overtake Torquay by that point as well, depending on how results go. Sat on top of the table, go to Solihull. And it's a game that you've got to say that they've got to be winning if they want to be considered title contenders and football league quality for next season. But I think apart from that, we've got Halifax against Weymouth as well. But I think if anyone else wants to add anything else... Um, okay. Local derby, if we haven't mentioned yes. it, between Barnet and Wilderstone. Yes. Two teams who have the, the square root is nothing to play for, let's be honest. But it's it's a local derby. It's quite a fierce one, and it's it's the one both teams will want to win. I think the first one finished nil nil. Wilton on their home turf, be desperate to stop this run of form which seems to have been going on forever, where they just sort of slide down and down the table into the relegation zone which doesn't exist. I reckon it's it's a game which. The neutral might not want to watch because both teams don't play the best football, but it will be full of passion. It will be the one that both teams want to win before the end of the season, for sure. I agree with that. I think both fans of both clubs will be up for it. Uh, But like you said, in contrast for fans of other clubs, I'm not sure they can share the same passion, considering the position of both clubs and the fact they've got nothing to play for and all their focus will be on next season. But... Both fans are desperate to be winning this game and claim local bragging rights. Let's move on. Before we finish, we'll quickly go over and I'll just ask everyone for their player manager of the month. Uh, I'll start with you, Will. Who do you think deserves player manager of the month? Put me on the spot a bit here, haven't you? Manager of the month, I can't see past anyone other than Matt Gray, just because Sutton are rolling on massively. They've done exceptionally. They're on a great run. Player of the month is a difficult one, but I'm actually going to give it to um, Resites of Hartlepool. He's been in amongst the goals. He scored a lot of winners 
a lot of important goals as Hartlepool will continue up the league. And I think, yeah, he deserves the accolade. Um, and Kells told me about how good he is. He scored the winner against us. I was impressed with him. But yeah, manager of the month, Matt Gray, for sure. For his first managerial job, he is not doing a bad job at all. I'm going to agree with you on this, Matt Gray. I think undoubtedly deserves manager of the month. I'm going to go for a Sutton double as well in regards to player of the month. And I'm going to give it to Isaac Alafe, whose goals have been crucial in Sutton's pursuit up to the top of the table. And he's only 21 as well, so I, I could say there's been a lot of interest in him in the summer as well, regardless of if Sutton go up or not. So, my opinion, Alafe for player of the month, Matt Gray for manager of the month. Uh, I'll move on to Kel. Who do you think deserves the awards? Um... I'm going to agree with you as to saying that Macrave Sutton does deserve it because they just they they just keep on going on, keep on rolling on, getting results, and as you're saying, he's he's a really good manager and deserves it. And player of the month, I'm going to go for resource as well because I know this will be a little bit biased, but he has been unbelievable this month. The power, the pace that he's got, the strength that he's got, he's been he's given us a lot of help. A lot of service to Luke Armstrong as well. And he's he scored winners for us um during this month against Walking and he scored against someone else, but I can't remember. But yeah, he's been a really, really good player and to be honest, I haven't really seen much other players, but I think resources had a really good month, so yeah. And finally I'll pass it over to Dan for his Nominees for Player Manager of the Month. Yeah, I'm with you, Josh. Really, Isaac Laffey for Player and Matt Gray for Manager. Um, to be honest, Matt Gray's been my Manager of the Year um, so far. Obviously, getting starting to the top, um, they just look so unstoppable. And if they don't win the league, then it will be the biggest shock since I, I can't even. Having what would be a bigger shock than so yeah I'm with you Will mate uh, sorry Josh mate okay if I think that's going to just about end it and finish it for this episode and this week's edition of the Non League Podcast thank you very much for making it this far thank you very much for your support on the whole pod- podcast since we started it it means a lot to us and it's greatly appreciated so thank you very much for tuning in and we'll see you all next time for another edition.